coming to stand next to Pastor Colleen. I don't know. Who wouldn't want to? <laughs> I first met Pastor Alma uh, when she was a new superintendent uh, in the Ohio Conference in New South. Uh, the bishop had invited women leaders from around the country to come and to uh, talk and to pray and to uh, have vision and connect together. And uh, I was very taken by um, her heart for Jesus and her strategic mind, and the incredible ways that she plays with words and just has them fill our minds and how the Spirit talks to us through them. Since then, we've been able to have snippets of time on the telephone and at conferences to encourage one another and to pray for one another. She now serves as the Director of International Child Care Ministries, which began in 1965. Many of you sponsor children. Some of you are going to hear a little bit more about that today. The opportunity to sponsor a child in various places around the world to provide education and nutrition and hope and a connection with a family and to pray for them. And God has used ICCM in really astounding and beautiful ways. So I'm honored that Pastor Alma is here today with her son, Daniel, and I'm grateful that she's stepping into First John with us. So please welcome them under the tent. Thank you. We talk about you, you know. That free Methodist church out there in Santa Barbara where the sun always shines. I just got to say, I feel really good to know you get a cloudy day periodically. Uh, it's good to be with you, truly. Um, we grieved with you at the passing of our brother, Hal Conklin, right? Uh, Santa Barbara, you have touched the free Methodist far and wide. Greetings, by the way, to those on the live stream. And I, my last interaction with Hal was in the hallway of the World Ministry Center where he affirmed and confirmed that for me to be in the role of ICCM made good sense when he first heard it. And you know, that makes a difference. When Hal Conklin says that makes good sense, you're like, I'll hold on to that one, right? It's good to be with you. Hear the word of the Lord this morning from 1 John chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 28 through chapter 3, verse 3. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he is revealed, we may have confidence and not be put to shame before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who does right has been born of him. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has, yet, has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves, purify themselves just as he is pure. The word of the Lord to us this morning. Amen. So as uh, Pastor Colleen assigned this passage to me, I found myself tempted in three ways. The first temptation is just a temptation to get all behavior management. Seriously, I read this passage and the things that right away catch me is, oh, to not be put to shame when he shows up. 
or uh, whoever knows does right. Am I doing right? And the third one is purifies themselves. Oh, God, help me. I cannot purify myself, right? That's the beauty of our holiness tradition and doctrine, isn't it? That we actually don't have to purify ourselves. We actually just cooperate with the spirit who does. And, and as I read those and I get all tempted to be behavior management, I just remember this time about nine years ago, I stepped out of my house to walk in the vineyards behind our home in Western New York. And I had my little six pound dog with me and we were going out for a little walk. Her name is Fiella. So we are going out for a walk and I have a certain path in mind and Fiella decides to, you know, she's sniffing the ground like puppies do and she decides to go off on a different path. And you know what? I just follow her. And as I follow her on that different path, it hits me. The spirit of God hits me. I am following a six pound dog. (laughs) And what happened in that moment, I thought, oh my gosh, if God loves me even half as much as I love this little creature, I am okay. Because I sometimes go sniffing around, you know, following a different path and say, oh, God, I forgot. Yeah, yeah oh, you're all good. Just keep walking, abiding, right? So I'm tempted to get all behavior management. Now, here's the danger of getting all behavior management. If I get behavior management for myself, It's really easy then to slip into behavior management for everybody else. And then I start to think of this passage of, you are children of God. Well, then maybe you're not, right? And start thinking all in and out, and I'm not talking the California burger. And in our world, where much in and out thinking happens, It is valuable for me to remember that when John was writing this passage, he was a member of an oppressed group of people. The majority of scripture is written by people who are the outcasts of their time and place. The last thing John would want us to do as we're reading this passage and as he's calling us little children the last thing he would want us to do is start thinking in terms of who is in and who is out. And then thirdly, I get really tempted to um, intellectualize, academicize, we might say, right? I can start reading in here, and there's words that just caught my attention. Like, for instance, the first thing I want to know is that pronoun, him, he, Who is that talking about, right? So I go back and I realize the the him, he here is Jesus, who is the Christ, the Christ. Oh, I can study on that word, the Christ, for hours and hours. That's an incredible theological concept, that Jesus is the Christ, the blueprint, the one who has come to model what we can actually do and how we can actually live on this earth. And wait, but I digress. I could just keep going, right? looking at that word, the Christ, and what it means. The word righteous, what a deep, rich word when we actually look at it. We tend to quickly put righteous into that whole behavior management thing. Do right or don't do right, be righteous, don't be righteous. And in reality, the depth of that word righteous really ties right back into justice. And it ties right back into being in right relationship 
right relationship with God, right relationship with myself, right relationship with each other, right relationship with creation. That word righteous, boy, we could talk for weeks on that one. I don't know about you, but did you catch that phrase in chapter 3, verse 2? This gets me really thinking. Behold, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What? What we will be? What will we be? Huh. You know, you've heard it. Some people say, well, that person has passed away and now they're an angel. That, that's not true. We know that's not true. That's not biblically sound. But what does this mean? What we will be has not yet been revealed. I heard Dennis Kinlaw touch on that one time. I won't go there, but I'm telling you that catches my intellectual thinking. And then just the word pure or the word child or the word children, where Jesus says, let the little children come and do not hinder them for of such is the kingdom. Where Jesus says, unless you become like a little child, you can't enter the kingdom. Or Corinthians that says, the creation groans. Do you know what it's waiting for? The creation groans, scripture says, waiting for the children of God to be revealed. We could go on that. Sounds like you have a study going on that. That's really good, right? But if I really start looking at the word child and children, it actually pulls me way back from the temptation to intellectualize and academicize, because that's not what children do. And so I recognize as I read this, and it says, we are called children of God. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor, which means we're intended to stop and think and reflect and say, what would it actually mean to be a child or to be children of God. So here's what I want to do for just a second. Because Pastor Colleen hit on it when she said prayer is all about spirit. Who is it that you're wanting to make me? And I contend for this moment that what the spirit of God is inviting us to do is to become like a child. So here's what I want to do for just 30 seconds. If you're comfortable with it, I invite you to close your eyes and just open your hands. And just in a quiet prayer say, Lord, help me see what it would mean in this moment to be a child. Or to come like a child to you. Some of us may find a real resistance to that. And you know what? Just know that that's okay. But if you're experiencing a resistance to becoming like a child, just acknowledge that. In Jesus' name, we ask this. 
Amen. And I think of the Father's house. In the Father's house, there's a place for me. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. Big, big table with lots and lots of food. That's a kickback to an old song, right? This idea of the Father's house. Uh, Pastor Colleen mentioned you've been talking through 1 John and the idea of, of walking a spiral staircase. Uh, last week I was in the... Um, the Olympic and Paralympic Hall of Fame in Colorado Springs. And, and that experience takes you down a spiral. Uh, uh, it's not really a staircase, but it has staircases. But you get to look out over the arena in a variety of ways, and you just keep going. And she mentioned that as you're working through First John, it's like that. And the words that you've come up with are things like abide, loving one another, the righteousness of being in right relationship. And, and so I ask you, imagine for a moment a group of children, maybe yesterday at the festival, right? A group of children playing and their parents are present. How would I know what children belong to what parents? That's actually a real question, not a rhetorical one. So as you think of an answer, just call it out. How would I know... What children belong to what parents? They may look like them. They interact with them. They ask for money from them. Let's be real, right? You do that to God sometimes, don't we? Yeah. Hold their hand. Sorry, try again. The parent watches. Children run away from and one toward. Recognize their voice, even in a crowd, right? This passage tells us we are children of God. It's a metaphor. What is that like? What is the Spirit saying to you today as a child of God? What is the truth? that the good, good father, and I'll even dare say the good, good mother, right? The God who as a mother hen would delight to gather and warm and nurture and care. The God who would delight to give wisdom to any who ask. What is it that the spirit would say to you about being a child of God? They abide, John tells us. They love each other, John tells us. They live in right relationship, John tells us. For just a little bit, I want to share some stories from International Child Care Ministries because here's what I found. I think that when free Methodism does free Methodism well, then when a child says or is seen and says, I am a child of the people who call themselves free Methodist, when that's done well, it looks very much like I am a child of the true God. I'm going to tell you a story. First of all, let me just give you a, a simple statement of how ICCM works. International Child Care Ministries is the child advocacy arm of the Free Methodist Church. And we partner 
Essentially, we partner with local churches all around the globe. We're active in 40 countries. Uh, eight of those countries are actually sponsoring countries. 33 of those countries actually are receiving countries. Now, if you do the math, that doesn't quite add up, but it does. Because India, and actually I should switch that and say nine are now sponsoring countries because now the Philippines also. We are working our system so that as there are alumni, they are actually sponsoring children within their own country. Right? And we want to see that happening more and more and more. And how delightful will it be when we are actually receiving sponsorship in the U.S.? Right? Somehow that will break down some barriers. But we'll, we'll see, right, as the Spirit leads. We are partnering with Free Methodist Church. So here's essentially how it happens. If a child in any particular country has a group of people or an individual who says, I am a free Methodist leader and I take responsibility for the care, nurture, development, safety, love of this child, that child is eligible for sponsorship. It's really that simple. Because what happens is we certainly can't provide, right, our dream. We dream of a world where every child is safe, loved, and developing their God-given potential. We can't meet that dream. ICCM, the Free Methodist Church, can't meet that dream, but we can dream it, and we can pray it, and we can partner with anybody and everybody who will share that dream with us. And then we say we will do our part. And so I say to every local church, whether here or in the globe, what you wish you could do for many, do for two, one here and one there. And I guarantee you the $38 you send over there is way easier than the one you decide to do here. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> right? But we're in this together as free Methodists. And when a child has a free Methodist group who says, I take a God-given responsibility for your safety, protection, and nurture to help you grow into the person that God dreamed you to be, that's how we're working together. That's our connection all around the globe. That's how we show love one for another all around the globe. And then the second part is we just, we take donations, right? I mean, big donations, little donations, whatever. We'll take it all and we'll implement it, right? We'll send it, we'll put it to good use. We'll make it really easy for donors. I have one particular donor who every time she writes me a big old check, she says, oh, thank you for that, making this so easy for me. I say, you bet. It's my privilege, right? That word there was like privilege, joy, and pleasure all mixed it together and coming out one. Let me tell you a story. We'll call her Mari. November of 2019 was my first international trip, uh, two weeks in India. And um, I had the opportunity to visit one of our hostels. That's kind of the, um, the model that's used uh, by the Free Methodist Church in India. So I was at the Umri Hospital, and for a couple hours, the children just entertained us with songs and reciting poems and skits, skits, lots of skits. And it was interesting to me because it kind of caught me off guard because so many of those skits were about child trafficking. And it was children acting out and talking with each other and the older implementing it. And I just watched this with a sense of, well, why? These children are in the hostel. Why is this part of the education, right? I'm brand new to this role, mind you, okay? If you've seen the movie Slumdog Millionaire, it's for real. 
I mean, you know, to look at the slums of Mumbai and to interact, in a, it's, it's a pretty good depiction. COVID hits March 2020, and the Indian government closes all the hostels, all the schools, all the public gatherings, and these children are sent home. Some of them have homes to go to. Many, many of them don't. Mari goes home to a very distant relative who immediately recognizes the opportunity to make some money and arranges for this 13-year-old girl to be in a marriage with a wealthy old guy. Mari immediately remembers the skits in the hostel and she orchestrates opportunity to get out of the house till she can get to a phone. And how did she know the number? I don't know. But somewhere that was in what it means to be the child of the people who call themselves free Methodists in the International Child Care Hostel in India. And she called the hostel mama and she said, this is what's happening. And the hostel mama called Nayan. And Nayan is the one who leads our Stand for Children ministry in India, which is our like our set free partnership, um, our child trafficking uh, arm in India and Nayan has connections in the government and Nayan calls the people he knows and they go about the business and within a week and a half Mari had permission from the India government to return to the hostel that's what it looks like when we got that call the mama bear was like you messed with the wrong people because this is what it looks like to be a child of the people who call themselves free Methodists. And when it works well, it looks very much like what it looks like to be called children of God. Two weeks ago, actually before I go on, let me just share a request with you. Remember this name and pray with me, okay? Jodeline Charles. You got that? Jodeline Charles. Yesterday I spoke with the woman who sponsored her. Jodeline is from Haiti. Her father passed. It was her responsibility to try to care for her family. If you, you know, Haiti's a mess right now. Jodeline decided to go to Brazil. She was tricked. She's in Brazil right now. She contacted her sponsor. I spoke with her sponsor yesterday. We're making connections with the Free Methodist Church leaders in Brazil to get Jodeline back to a safe place. Don't get me going, right? Pray with us, because that's what it means for you to be connected with us. Pray for Jodeline Charles until she's back to safety. Two weeks ago, our children at the Linda Stryker Academy in the Democratic Republic of Congo showed up. There were 800 people who had taken shelter in their school building. Now, you may have heard 10, 15 years ago, the tensions between Rwanda and Burundi, right? The tribal tensions. The Linda Stryker Academy, our children there are from both tribes. Free Methodist Church is bringing tribes together. They took refuge there at the school. The first thing our children asked, can we please share our porridge? They get a cup of oatmeal. 
can we share our porridge? And so that first day, they were able to share their porridge. They have, filt they have water filters from ICCM. They were providing clean water for, for the 800. The next day, the, the leaders there realized it was actually unsafe for the children. And so the children were coming because it was not yet in order. There was chaos. But within a few days, as the order was established, I started to receive uh, photos. There are now 5,000 people there at the Linda Stryker Academy. And the order has been set. And our children, I have pictures of our children sharing their porridge. 5,000, is, is that a number that <laughs> prompts something in your mind? Because it does for me. And I received pictures, and the one picture that caught my attention was Reverend Luke, who's kind of standing off to the side. And I only recognized him because I recognize his face. And it shows only just a little bit of his face. And I see his hands. And my heart just knows, right? Just knows. Reverend Luke is praying, right? Let these buckets of porridge never run out. Because we've heard stories of that, haven't we? Oil that never runs dry. Because that's what it looks like to be children of the people who call themselves free Methodists. It's what it looks like to be called children of God. I could go on and on, but I think my 20 minutes is up. One more story. I want you to know we're active in creative access countries where governments are attempting to starve out the people. I didn't know if you know this, but the Free Methodist Church smuggles rice. I'm telling you. And the Free Methodist Church I remember as a kid hearing about people who smuggled Bibles over the border, and I thought, wow, that's so cool. And now I get to be part of it. And what's cool, what's so awesome, is in these places where the Free Methodist Church is sharing food, where the price of a chicken is the salary for a month for a teacher. The people are coming and are eating and are saying, how can you do this? Oh, let me tell you about Jesus. Who's Jesus? Oh, just wait till you know. It's a beautiful thing to abide. It's a beautiful thing to be a child of God. Can I ask you in closing to, to just pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Okay, just, just the first part of it. The disciple says, teach us how to pray. And Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. What's the first part? Our Father. If we're praying our Father, what does that mean about us? Children of God. And it's in that prayer that we say, your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Amen.
Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.